Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Oh, yeah! It's Wednesday night, baby! It's time to talk some shit! Some sports, baby! Of New York and Maryland, ladies and gentlemen, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody please say hello to Mr. Robert Cuny. Rob, how you doing, pal? Greetings and salutations, everyone. I just want to say before we dive in that if one day when this is actually televised, you guys will see the best part of the Sports Honchos <laughs> podcast, which is where Paulie and I dance like a couple of middle-aged white guys while the theme song is playing. Um, it's embarrassing, but... That's us. So one day you'll get that as a bonus in your podcast experience. I am doing very well. I got a couple of personal things first. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say get well soon to Long Island's own Linda Sakura, who had successful open heart surgery yesterday. And according wow. to her son, she is recovering nicely. So prayers up to her and the whole Sakura Mishpucha and Tonight is my two-year anniversary with my amazing and incredibly tolerant girlfriend, Grace, who has graciously, no pun intended, allowed me to not celebrate this evening so I could be part of America's favorite new podcast. So she's both wonderful and probably fairly angry at this very moment. So well, with that, that being said, said Rob, I, I think, it's uh, been nice working with you. <laughs> But, uh, you know, pal, I mean, you know, if you're going to bring up the girlfriend to your anniversary, I, I think you should say something nice <laughs> and special and deep and not just a quick nod. Not just a quick nod. Well, let me say that uh, thank you for being someone who's wonderful and amazing and precious and someone who has incredibly bad judgment when it comes to picking boyfriends but uh you know i'm not going to complain about that otherwise i'm out the door by the way we were supposed to have broken up president's day 2019 i was on a short-term contract so as, as the saying goes we're all day to day i am on a series of month to month contracts so knock on wood i get to 25 months well, congratulations from all of us Thank here you. at the Sports Honchos. That so was beautiful. That's very treacly. Join us next week on the Lifetime channel <laughs> for another episode of the Romance Honchos. Oh, baby. That's good stuff there, man. <laughs> Woo! Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, great news for your friend there. Uh, that's just uh, amazing news uh, in a uh, world that, uh, that has quite uh, often lately, especially in 2020, had awful news. Right. For a lot of people. Um, so that's great stuff. It sure and is. On the two-year anniversary, man, geez, I just, I mean, that's some good stuff too, buddy. It's impressive. Um, you're a lucky, very lucky woman. Uh, I'm a lucky woman? <laughs> that's, I've been told that so many times, usually on the weekend when I do my other show. 
if you know what I mean. And I'll just uh, leave it at that in case my mom's listening. Hi, mom. Just kidding. Maybe. And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> if only we had some. Now would be a good time to drop in those live reads, folks. So get in line. I got to get myself together here. Oh, buddy. Uh, uh, live radio. <laughs> I got to tell you something, pal. Um, yes, sir. Did you notice my air drumming any better in the intro? Because I've been practicing. Uh, I was too busy again, uh, walking like an Egyptian, uh, <laughs> in pure, in pure, again, middle-aged white guy style. As Billy Crystal said in the movie, when Harry met Sally, I was busy doing the white man's overbite and could not judge your air or Neil Pertness. Oh man. And we're talking to sh- everybody out there listening. We've been discussing turning this into a video show and I don't know we might have to, uh, reconvene and have more meetings about that <laughs> we, we had a long talk on monday and right down to the banner and having us wear the black hats and the blues brothers like suits and we weren't kidding so get ready get ready to gouge your own eyes out if you think hearing us is bad wait till you actually look at us oh yeah although I, I kid we're we're two handsome men at least that's what we tell ourselves make sure you tell the ladies <laughs> Yeah, baby. Well, anyway, uh, welcome to the sports show. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Only a couple months left of this incredible year that it's been. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, and uh, I, I just really hope 2021 is, has been stretching and is getting ready. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we need you. And, and, and don't yeah. anybody say, well, it can't be much worse than 2020, because that's when the fucking bottom drops out on you. <laughs> so don't let's not give 2021 the mush. Just yet. No. Okay, let's just say we're looking forward to seeing you 2021. Get ready. Yeah, it's going to be like soldiers returning home from the war when we see you. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it just better be uh, it, it better be all good. We can't have any negativity. And uh, especially with the honchos is we'll be, you know, diving into 2021. Me and Rob here yep. together. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll still be able to afford bathing trunks for that swim. In 2021. Wait, 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 wait. Spathing trunks. I was told we were doing a whole different kind of swim. Darn it. So you already, 2021 already is partially ruined for me. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk some goddamn sports, buddy. Lots to talk about. Uh, The World Series is is in full effect. Game deuce, as they would say in France. Is uh, underway, I believe, and uh, right now I don't know if they've done all the the specialties. I, you know, I have like fourteen yeah, screens um, down here, and I should put the game up on one, I guess. But uh, top, I, I don't think I don't think this the game has actually started. Just it's still zero zero, top of the first, no pitches thrown, so they're okay. just getting ready. Good. As well, we anyway, give you illegal descriptions and accounts of the World Series yes, without yes. anybody's permission. Yes, that's true. Well, my uh, my L.A. Dodgers are up one game to nil. So I, I've been happy so far that the the, uh, the awful, cheating yeah. Houston Astros are out. And now um, that's all I wanted Tampa Bay to do was to knock them out. And now uh, the Dodgers came back. Uh, and I got to ask you, buddy, what would you think of that, coming back and beating the Braves? I was – I mean, obviously it was very impressive. Um, it was a great game, too. I, somebody was asked – 
did the Braves choke or did the Dodgers, you know, pull off the miracle win? I, I would say no to both. I think this was a, an evenly matched series between the two best teams, obviously, in the National League. And, you know, good for the Dodgers, good for Dave Roberts. There's there's the series for the Dodgers is all about getting monkeys um, off their back. Certainly Clayton Kershaw, who's I mean, if you can't root for Clayton Kershaw, you can't root for anybody to have some postseason success like he had last night. Um, and for Dave Roberts to not manage himself into another series disaster. Again, as a player, responsible for the Bo Sox winning their first title in 86 years, but as a manager, he hasn't seemed to capture that magic. Um, I, too, am glad that Houston is done. I mean, we're going to talk about possibly uh, their old, their former GM, Jeff Lunau, who was in the news the other day. Um, but they're, the penalty – Penalty. I'll put that in air quotes again. You can't see that, but I'm doing the air quote thing. The penalties that Houston received from baseball was almost non-existent. The real penalties were you and I in the stands, and we couldn't even do that. We couldn't even sit in the stands and boo them lustily every time they got up. We didn't. We were robbed of any sort of payback, any sort of uh, Nelson, you know, ha ha in their face. None of it. Um, and that's really the, the biggest tragedy of this season is the chance to exact some revenge on Houston. But the best revenge is living well and two teams that built by the same person, you know, uh, in Tampa and Los Angeles and what Andrew Friedman has done for both teams. It's a great series. And, and, and I have a question for you about the series. Go. That's what okay, I'm so the series is back now to its – the playoffs, I should say, in the series are back to their normal rest. Two days on, day off, three days, day off, et cetera. So my question is, because we saw how the everyday playoffs, which was great for you and I as fans, ravages pitching staffs. Does this regular rest for the World Series, does this favor a strong bullpen like the Rays have? And again, Kevin Cash famously now said, I got a stable full of horses that all throw 98 miles an hour. Or does it favor a team with more established starters, barely, in the Dodgers with uh, Kershaw and, and Bueller. I don't know. It's uh, that that's going to be the wild card in all this is now Roberts and cash can go back to starters on regular rest, which they couldn't do when you're playing every day. Well, I would have to say both teams are, are welcoming this a little bit of normalcy as far as, you know, gameplay game planning, mm-hmm. you know, me and you have discussed, uh, you know, the art of baseball, the, the chess match that it is. And, Again, these guys have, um, you know, they the, the the two series prior to getting here were, were were pretty tough series, great series to be a part of, and and uh, just a little bit of breathing room. So I, I, you know, as far as who 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 it helps, you know, maybe it's got to maybe if you're a, if you're a Rays fan, you're hoping it's going to help your your starting bullpen, uh, especially with the outcome of last night right. and how the Dodgers have pretty much had a field day. And um, and we'll see what happens. And, and obviously for the Dodgers, too. I mean, look, they've got a great mix. I mean, I wasn't watching them all season long. I did watch the last couple of games, you know, that they played to, to get in against the Braves. And it's um, it's it's a pretty good team. It's a team that maybe I, I would have thought, you know, the Braves are going to, you know, handle, uh, you know, as far as where the storylines were going. But they um, they proved everybody wrong. And, you know, I'm, I've become a little bit of a fan right now. And. Um, I, I, I think in the, in the end, this is probably going to be 
and why 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 not get a little selfish again as sports fan and hope it goes six seven games right because there's that much talent obviously on both sides and you know they both deserve to be where they are and it's a mental game it's a patient game and god bless them because like i said you know as far as the at bats and you know how you can come up big in certain spots and, and and different kind of baseball. Like the Dodgers were playing different kind of baseball last night. They got a lot of weapons. I think Tampa can answer them. And we're just going to sit back here and ride it out. There's no point in us, you know, trying to really predict anything. But I think right. it's a fair question in, in terms of the uh, the schedule. I would just have to say, you know, minus the fact that there's you know no fans here. Obviously, there's been a little bit of fans. Obviously, that was pretty cool in Texas and stuff. But um. You know, just daily operations. And I think everybody as an organization, you might actually be able to give somebody a day off or at least a few yeah. hours off, um, yep. you know, an afternoon or go to lunch or do something just in between. Right. So I think that more than anything, and, you know, let's say uh, they split the first two games here, um, I think that'll be just great for both franchises uh, to, to hopefully, like I said, extend this into a long series. So me and you will and everybody yep. else have something to talk about for at least another week and a half uh, because once what you know, hockey's over, um, uh, basketball's done. We're in the last uh, breaths of baseball here, and then well, what? Just stuck talking about the Washington no. Football League no, Club and the, and the my new moniker for the NFL, which is the. NML, the National Mediocrity League. Yeah, so hopefully we'll these talk guys about that later. Oh, By yeah. the way, one, oh one we nothing. will. Oh, yes, one, we will. One nothing raised in the top of the first, by the way. See, there you go. See, they're already yeah. doing it. It's gonna um, be and, and we will, uh, going back to the Braves and the, and the Dodgers for a second, we're going to see the Braves again. The Braves are built for tomorrow, whereas the Dodgers, who in a couple of years, most of their key components could be scattered to the wind or retired, they got to do it now. Because their window is definitely not closed, but it's wafer thin between window and uh, window sill. One python he throws in. Look at that. One great thing about game one yesterday, besides Kershaw going six innings and giving up one run, eight strikeouts, is first of all, if we can just talk about Roberts again, normally you would have expected Roberts to leave him out there in the seventh. Um, historically his ERA after the sixth inning is seven plus <laughs> seven. Okay. Just put that in perspective. It's seven. So it, that's, which is the worst, obviously of all time of, of pitchers who with a certain number of uh, innings pitched in the world series or in the postseason. after the sixth inning, it's seven. It's not much better overall. It's about two points higher than his career. Uh, regular season ERA, but taking him after the six was smart. But what I really liked, because, you know, we're old guys who sit on the lawn and shake our fists at the kids, is they, they played small ball last night. Yeah. You know, that 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 fifth inning, because as I look at the, the game recap from yesterday, uh, back-to-back walks by Tyler Glasnow to begin the fifth inning were followed by Mookie Betts and Corey Seager executing double steal, which you never see anymore. Betts scored in a Muncie's fielder's choice. Seager scored in a Will Smith single. Muncie on a Chris Taylor single. And Smith on a Kike Hernandez single. And just like that, the Dodgers are ahead 6-1. to one. That, I thought, I thought, That's you know, small ball. I know, and that's man, a, just to see singles again is great. It's, it's, it is. It's a wonderful thing. To see Especially people, as a Yankee fan. We don't see them right, that much anymore. Right. And Yankee fans <laughs> are like, double steal, single? What's that? It's just crush the ball or, you know, sit down. Give me bat, must match right. ball. I mean, that's why, you know, for 100 years, they didn't just 
roll out a team that was all mammoth home run hitters. You had guys who set the table. You actually had a, a, a strategy and a place to put people at the one, two, three, four spot. You know, now you guys, teams that just want to club home runs, I mean, sure, you score a lot, hopefully. But being able to manufacture runs is a lost art. And again, both these teams which, are almost Rob, which, mirror which copies. Say, which is essential in a playoff abyss yeah. ball. Right. And both these teams do that. They do both. I mean, they both club the home runs. They both play small ball. And again, they're both, these are teams that were built much like when the Caps beat the Knights for the Stanley Cup. It was two teams that were built by what they, the man they call around these parts, the undertaker, George McPhee. He had a hand in building both teams. Uh, Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers came from the Rays organization. So he he molded them into, into their image. And look where we are. Two best teams in baseball fighting it out for the World Series. Full package on display. Yes. You know, we got uh, we got two good ones. We do. Swinging the bats and the balls. Yep, as they say. Uh, let's they see. Say. Speaking it's of balls, still, uh, I still believe you wanted nothing. to talk about Jeffrey Tubin. No, well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, that is the best segue ever. Um, what can you say about... You know, look, I know this is not sports, although he did write a book about O.J. Simpson. So there's a sports uh, connection. Look, for those that uh, don't know about Jeffrey Tubin, Jeffrey Tubin has been uh, suspended by The New Yorker. He's been on uh, vacation, sickly, whatever you want to call it, from CNN for expose, not just exposing himself during a Zoom call. It's an awful story. <laughs> Okay, not just exposing himself, but um, how shall I put this? Um, he's uh, at the self-service pumps, if you know what I mean. In the ga- as Weird Al Yankovic once said, and there's the first Weird Al reference of the short history of the uh. sports anchos. He was he's stranded all alone at the gas station of love, and he has to use the self-service pumps, which is what he was doing. But which okay, look. Uh, we're not going to get into the should you or shouldn't you, whether you're on Zoom or not, but just the idea that during a very formal election sort of roundtable with some pretty high-powered politicos and so on, there's a pause, a pause in the call for breakout discussions. And at that point, uh, Tubin switched to a second call that was the video call equivalent of phone sex. Um, and then just left on the the camera while he, you know, did his thing. I've always joked with people I know that as a teacher, you know, we should have on Zoom, you know, loose-fitting robe Wednesdays, okay? But this guy, this guy, Jeffrey Tubin, he's actually living that dream. And then he said, I thought I had muted the Zoom video. First of all, muting doesn't stop the picture. And I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. You know, I, I'm looking at, we're on Skype right now. I'm looking at my computer. I see myself. I see you. And I'm not doing anything other than, you know, just pontificating. So if I'm, you know, committing the semi-natural act that Tubin has been accused of doing, how do you not know? How do you not know that you're on camera? And And here's the most incredible part. All the while, while he's doing this, I'm reading a story from the New York Times yesterday. Uh, all the while, the participants continued as if nothing were wrong. 
So they're just sitting there. How do you keep the presence of mind to keep doing what you're doing while one of your participants is tubing himself? <laughs> I mean, how do you? Is that what great, they're calling it, buddy? No, not tubing himself. It. His last name is Tubin. And oh, and, oh again. And, be, and before we get off oh, <laughs> this on, subject, man. this subject. Uh, as I mentioned before, he wrote a book about O.J. Simpson, um, the run of his life, which inspired the FX series, People vs. O.J. Simpson. You know, if, if you're Jeffrey Tubo, you know when you get clowned by O.J. Simpson that you're really in deep guacamole. O.J. Simpson said, I believe on Twitter, and he's now become like one of the biggest Twitter stars in the world, O.J. Simpson. He said, damn, Jeffrey Tubin, at least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. Ouch, babe. Again, if you're getting clowned on by O.J. Simpson, you know that you're you've you've reached rock bottom there. So I, I just I, 60 years old. Not that that matters, but you would think you would know better. I mean, we're not talking about some randy teenager. And again, I, you know, I just wow, you're, you're really struggling with this. I just Are you a big I, fan of the, uh, the tuber. I, no, I just I'm a big fan of guys and and you know protecting what little credibility we have left in the world and you well, know the ju- i mean stupid is a stupid does pal you know, i know you it- don't you don't leave a gun you know out on the table at the kid's birthday party right, right. and if you know you're going to be doing some zooming for professional reasons you put some <sighs> darn clothes on man i, I just care. and 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 push all your other scheduled zoom uh, you know, gatherings or whatever, uh, you know, try and fit them in and other schedules a day when you know things are turned off. I have no sympathy for these no, guys. I, have I don't none. either. None. Uh, there was a there was a teacher locally um, that was alleged several weeks ago. And while he had a Zoom on, you know, there's a screen share function, which is really a loaded gun, uh, to go back to the gun and Tubin reference. Uh, and this teacher, when he screen shared with his students there, one of his tabs that was open, good old Pornhub, not a sponsor of this fine program, by the way, but we're always open to new sponsors. And so, of course, he was put on indefinite leave, I believe. I, but, but again, again, why? Why are you so blissfully unaware that people can see what you're doing. If you must have Pornhub open on the same computer with which you are teaching America's youth, I can't close the tab. We're talking about Pornhub on the sports honchos. Well, this is your fault. It's, this it's is part all of the your Jeffrey, fault. It's part of the Jeffrey Tubin experience. There ought to be a theme park, by the way, for Tubin. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it's a great name for someone Look, who's uh, caught in I the I got act. a message for everybody out there, I guess especially the guys. Just, you know. Do it in the bathroom like the rest of us. Be careful. Okay? Don't do it on camera. It's, I I mean, you couldn't wait for your phone sex till after your panel on the election? I just, what is the hurry? I know you're 60, but it's not like, you know, you got no time left. I just, and you're a married man. Look, we wish, uh, we wish, um, Lube and Tube and the best. (laughs) (laughs) All the best from your pals, the sports And, and the timing shows. for him is just terrible with it the election is. around the corner. I mean, all the FaceTime uh, he was going to get, 
Oy uh, vey. And now it's it's over. But look, hey, um, put your schminky away, please. <laughs> yes, man. You, I'm gonna. You are gonna count the references that you have done tonight, and uh, we're gonna we we'll have to create something for the fans, or either that, or I'm going to rip up the yeah. paperwork and throw it in the garbage. That's actually what's we'll, put, we'll just we'll play we'll play schminky bingo every time I make a reference. Right now, drop that idea. <laughs> And move. They're asking us to move on. Stick and move like Jeffrey else. Tubin. Sure. <laughs> yes, that's the signal right there, folks, to move on to uh, a sports news um, story. Okay. And that's the one of Craig Carton, my friend. Ah, yes. Craig Carton, who... He's back, uh, for, baby. For you New Yorkers, remember... Forgive him. The forgive Boomer him. and Carton show arrested three years ago before his show. I think it was like 4 o'clock in the morning... For a Ponzi scheme. Hey, man, if you're in New York, it seems like a Ponzi scheme is almost... It's very hard to live here. It's hard to avoid, but he was uh, <laughs> accused... Well, not accused. He was found to have taken money for concert tickets and a whole lot of concert tickets that he promised to resell to people and then used that to pay his gambling debts. And some of those tickets, by the way, were for our good friend, The Streisand, uh, he bought a million dollars with the Streisand tickets. God, that is a lot of evergreen. Um, wow. and now, and now, so a guy who was, you know, went to did federal time. I mean, he, he committed uh, big time crimes because well, it's illegal, it's right? Illegal well, all of it. And it's across the state lines and there's fraud and so on. And now he's back, not just back doing overnights in, you know, Sioux city falls or, you know, rapid city, Iowa or Germantown, Maryland. He's back on on the blowtorch of sports radio and WFAN doing afternoon drive, which after morning drive is the prime slot. Now, I'm not sure if he officially is back in afternoon drive. I know he's coming back to the fan. I'm not sure as of today They're where he's going to land. It. It's it's in it's in progress. Uh, right. The wonderful Joe Beningo is um he's retiring. Said to be right, retiring. He's wanted to retire. Yeah, 50 years in the business. Good Lord. Yeah. I've, I just, I mean, I remember when. That's impressive. Uh, and Joe, Joe won his spot FIN by doing a a competition, you know? Yeah, he was one of those Columbia, Connecticut School of Broadcasting folks. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, he really, he did work his way up from Look, the Look, I'm going to tell you right bottom. now, I, I stopped listening to WFAN decades ago. Uh because I could really stomach uh, Mike and the Mad Dog and most of the other guys. I, I, I never, you know, Boomer and Carton actually were, was a pretty good show together, you know, until all this thing went down. And the rest of the guys, you know, hey, look, you know, my life has gone on. Uh, when yeah. I was younger, obviously, you know, uh, FAM was great and uh, Mike and the Mad Dog and all that other stuff. But then, you know, it's, it's amazing because here we are doing two. We're doing our own sports uh, show ourselves. But it is amazing how... Um, I guess uh, huge, the sports radio, you know, business took off, and this is obviously way before podcasting. Now everybody right. can be, uh, you know, the guys, and we're living proof. But um, you know that, that that's why New they were so they're so big here. All, all the personalities here in um, in New York have been uh, huge, and and people still love to call and and complain on these shows and um it is what it is but anyway look uh w- what's your take are you are you okay i mean look uh, uh, you know the powers that be he i believe he did his time he's got debts to pay that's on him or whatever yeah but he did uh you know it's like anything else i don't think i i, I don't want to be a hypocr- hypocritical kind of guy where no matter what kind of crime it is unless of course it's you know against children or 
right. murder or something like that. But, you know, if it's a, it's a nonviolent crime, as far as I'm concerned, and you do your time, you deserve a second chance. He 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 didn't physically hurt anybody. Any, you know, I, and I'm not going to read too much into the depth of this, but, you know, as far as his family, you know, whatever his financial situation is. Now, look, he's going to get a gig back, and I'm sure he's going to get paid, paid pretty well. And I would have to say, Rob, the reason that FEN, WFN is even, uh, you know, entertaining this is because they need ratings. They need yep. money. It's, it has to they're, be that they're way. Getting, they're getting killed by um, Michael K in the afternoon. And, my, and, and kudos to Michael K because, you know what, Michael K and Don LaGreca and those guys, they were getting their, you know, look, ever since Mike, is, Mike Frances is going off the air, it's, I mean... Mike and then Mike and the Mad Dog, they owned it. You know what I'm saying? So, and Michael K and those guys were always competing against that for years. So once, you know, it kind of dipped a little bit. What I'm trying to get at is is kudos to those guys because they've held, you know, stuck to their guns. And as far as their ratings here and everything else, you know, good for them. And what FAN's going to do here now? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm sure Cart and his fan base and everything else is all going to come back. And I think this guy's going to be okay. And the last thing I'll say on this, like I said, if you do the time and you don't hurt anybody and you take care of the, everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah, I, look, I'm not going to say he should never work again because you're right. He didn't kill anybody. Um, he committed a crime. He did his time. We said the same thing on Michael Vick when he came back to play football with the Eagles. Um, you certainly don't want to say to people after you commit your crime, there's no possibility of rehabilitation. It's just it feels wrong for someone to walk out of prison after a very public scandal. And I remember too, when he got arrested that morning, Boomer said he was sick. And then a couple hours later he said, well, actually he was arrested and we all feel bad. And there was this dark cloud over WFAN, my words, not his. So to have him come back to the mountaintop, I mean, should he get his life back? Of course. Are there other people who were itching for an opportunity to work for, you know, again, the biggest sports radio station, or at least arguably one of the three in the country? Yes. But again, again, as the great Don Olmeyer says, the answer to all your questions is money. WFAN is hemorrhaging. Their shows aren't as popular as they used to be. Uh, cutting ties with Mike Francesa was actually a godsend for them because in his last couple of days, uh, days, his last couple of years on the air, he was just a joke. But he still brought in the ratings because he's Mike Francesa. People still want to listen to the Pope of sports radio. So bringing in Carton, whether it's middays or afternoons, is going to make the station money. But it just feels, you know, sometimes you get that icky feeling like this is just not quite the way the heavens and the stars should align. I For a guy, I just, I feel, okay, look, again, I, I want him. I, I like, And I guess, Rob, here's the reason I don't care. Because number one, I don't I don't listen to the the station anymore. I never really I never really listened to Carton. I wasn't I wasn't invested into Carton and Boomerang in any way. I'm not invested in them now. It's not my money. It's not my company. I don't work for them. If they are sitting down and giving this guy a check, that's all him. And if he screws up again, whatever. It's like anything else. Um, I don't. I I guess Rob, what I'm trying to say, I get what you're coming at. But, man, in these days, I don't have a spare second no. to give a shit about That's what true. other people do with their money and who they're hiring. Again, as long as they're not spewing hate, putting people in danger, hurting people, then let them let them go, man. Let them do his thing. Because I'll be honest with you, man. 
I might tune in for a clip or two on a, on a Twitter highlight or something like that. Sure. But man, we I all am will. not. I Out of curiosity. In. But then, you know, I, I, I'll leave it at this. My question would be, if he wasn't, would he still be getting the second chance if he wasn't as profitable? And that's the thing. But that's but that, that's. It, I'm just saying, don't we all deserve a but second that's chance? The sports world. That's the sports yeah. and business world in general, man. That's that's it's all about money. Yep. And it's just, you know, it's and it, money it, is it, spilling over into other wrong. facets of our life right now that are affecting all of us one way or the other. Right. You know, and we don't have enough time to go into that. No. So that'll be in the a third guy hour like Carton talking nonsense like we're talking nonsense on a sports right. show is really not a high end story no. for me as far as I'm concerned. I, I look at it and go, okay. I mean, I know what you're getting at. We're in the sports business, uh, you know, sports podcasting, uh, sports news, sports talk, you know. But, man, I, I got to, you know, I have no time for it, you know. Good luck, Carton. Great. Yep. And that's it, I, I guess now would be an opportune time to let you know that we're getting a third honcho, a, a, a up-and-comer in the business by the name of Craig Carton. So let's stay tuned for that, everyone. <laughs> a three-man honcho's booth. With this really this Johnny Tryhard broadcaster, fresh out of prison, which is, must be some must be some university that I've never heard of, who's going to be you know working out his radio chops here. You with figured us he'd work for free, week. right? He's he's broke. And he can't. <laughs> yeah. he, with all the he has to work. He'll be working until he drops dead. I mean, he right. probably owes millions to people. So hopefully, and maybe, and maybe that's the last line of the story. Maybe yeah. the guy never did anything to anybody at that station. Had great relationships. This was like this the secret side of this guy that nobody knew. And it can happen. It's happened to a lot of people. You find yeah. out your friend is a, is a car thief and you've known him for years. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a secret life. But you know yep. what? The friend who stole cars never did anything wrong to me. Yeah. He can come over and hang out at the house if he wants. Just, yeah. don't, just don't leave the car keys sitting <laughs> Don't leave the car keys around. Don't ask your friend, hey, would you go run out and buy us some pizza and beer or something? And then, oh, you know, a couple man. days later, you're like, whatever happened to Fred with that pizza? Well... <laughs> Good luck to him, and uh, let's yep. uh, move on over to the uh, NBA. I like now? your, uh, I like the sounder. That's our little stinger. moniker now. We're, we're going to have some fun here with some sound well, effects. All right, so I'm going to give, we'll play a, a dealer's choice. Do you want a, an NBA story? Two general manager stories. Do you want another baseball, or do you want the NBA? I got two stories for you. One's pretty serious. Let's, let's dive into the NBA, and if we have time, we can swing back into baseball since we've already kind of right. touched on that a little bit. But, so uh, so this one is is more of a serious tone. I, I, it's weird on the heels of the Jeffrey Tubin stuff, but uh, Daryl Morey, who up until a few days ago was the general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, stepped down, and I love when they say he was stepping down. Uh, look, he was fired, and... If you recall, whatever they say about his him as a general manager, pioneering analytics in the NBA, all of that stuff means boopkiss because it was October 4th last year when Daryl Morey sent out a tweet um, supporting uh, the protesters in Hong Kong. And you guys can Google what they were protesting about, the bill that was going to be passed in China that got most of the free world upset, another in a long line of human rights violations by the Chinese government to its people. And Daryl Morey tweeted out support for it now, which is great, you know, free to be you and me, First Amendment and all that Michigas. But the NBA does 
did and still does a tremendous amount of business. Uh, they have league partners, streaming services, sponsors over in China. And once that tweet came out, uh, China cut pretty much cut ties with the NBA. Now, that, in, in, in the interim, the Chinese support has come back and the fences have been mended. But he was pilloried by the community, his own owner, uh, a name who's a guy whose name escapes me at the moment. Sorry, uh, the owner of the Houston Rockets stepped back and said he doesn't speak for the Rockets, and then said something about we're not a political organization. Well, when you choose sides like that, Frittata—that's his name—you are not the egg meal, but the owner of the Rockets. You yeah. are choosing a side. So I bring this up to say the bigger issue here is the hypocrisy of this move. He was clearly stepping down, advised to step down. Let's get through the season because it's too tumultuous already this season. So don't have your general manager leave town before the season ends. You don't want it to overshadow the NBA playoffs or, you know, the Lakers coronation, but he was removed because he was outspoken in my humble opinion about China. And the hypocrisy here is not, he was fired for his beliefs. It's you have an NBA, a league, which is trumpeting itself as the bastion of social justice, which I am not going to quibble with. I'm happy that they're using their platform to get their message out. A lot of people watch sports. A lot of people identify with athletes. Why not get those messages out there? But the problem with speaking out against injustice is you can't pick and choose and say, you don't have to focus on everything because there's a lot out there, unfortunately. But you can't say, well, this is an injustice, but this isn't. Human rights against people in America, that's bad. But human rights violations against people in China, well, that's China. It's so far away. So again, you don't have to focus your energies on it, but you can't take a stand against human rights violations in one part of the world and put yourself out there as the, the paladin of human rights in this country. And so to do that, and, and pretty much most of your biggest, the biggest lights in the NBA, whether it's owners or players or GMs, the commissioner himself, they all pretty much said to Daryl Morey, we're backing away. They were Homer Simpson disappearing For into those the bushes. Of you who weren't watching. Sorry, I know Rob I'm doing put his the... hands up and leaned right. back into his chair. Right. I'm I'm Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes. Yes. That's what the NBA was when Daryl Morey was just standing there, you know, looking like a schmuck with his tubin in his hands after sending that tweet out, which then he had to delete. And that's the other thing. He had to delete the tweet. It's such weird, so weird to say delete the tweet. But again, hypocrisy. Well, you can't uh, edit the tweet. If someone right. you can't edit on Twitter, I don't know why. You you lose a giant chunk of credibility when you put blinders on about an issue. Again, you don't have to focus your energies on it. But when the NBA, when they had their their thing this year where they said players could put messages on the back of their jerseys as opposed to their names, which is, again, great idea. It's a COVID season. Go nuts. Do all these novel things. That's great. More attention, more eyeballs, whatever. But they had a list of things you couldn't, messages you couldn't put on your jersey. And again, those some of those messages included support for the protests and anti-China rhetoric. And if you're going to go political, you got to go in, you know, both fists. You can't say I'm political over here, but not over here. I don't care. I don't care. Is both 
this? Who I, are you? <laughs> I don't care how much money you're losing because people argue. But that's the I'll thing, just, Rob. It's I'm letting that, money. Yeah, but they were the losing Chinese money. The government gives the NBA money. Okay, then you know what you do? Then you got to say, sorry, we are not addressing any political issue because there's a segment of this country, and I'm not saying they're a racist. Wait, hold on a second. There's a segment of this country that was like, look, I just want to watch some basketball. And I'm not saying they were any, in any demographic. There's people from all parts of the rainbow of fruit flavors that make up this country that were like, look, I just want to watch some hoops. I don't want any messages. I don't want any preaching to. I don't want to be pandering or any of that. Just show well, me need, the basketball. They need to so, get over themselves. Yeah. It so doesn't you, work in the NBA that way. It doesn't work that way in the NFL. And, you know, as far as baseball, because you know what? A huge, massive portion of the players performing in these leagues are of color. And, you know, one thing that I watched, uh, noticed there, it's stupid of me to say, oh, you've only noticed. But if you scan the lower bowls at NBA games, okay, nothing but people of Caucasian color. So as far as the money and everything else, I, I know what you're saying here, but like I said, it's, it's just money. It's just money, and everybody gets what it is, Rob. I agree I agree with you, but there's no way to put a muzzle on this. And you certainly can't put a muzzle on the, uh, you know, the, 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 the people and the lives that are affected by certain things that happen in real life outside of the basketball arena, arena whether it's here in the States. You know, I, I know what you're saying as far as China, because, yes, you're right, and you said it's far, far away, and, and you know, and for the most part, everyday Americans... We don't care because we're doing our own thing here. We got our head down and we're trying to make a living here. And, yes, that swings back to, yes, I just want to watch the football game. I don't want any political messages. I don't want this. But, unfortunately, you know, our country continues to be able to mature. And that's that's where I'll leave it. Well, look, let me just make one thing clear. Uh, maybe I don't want to be misrepresented for the millions of people that are going to cut this podcast up and repost it on social media. I'm not saying that they should not, NBA players or any athletes should not promote social justice causes. What I'm saying is if you're going to do that, you can't, although you don't have to bring attention to all of them, because again, there's a lot out there, you can't stifle any either. And when the NBA takes up a position on the one hand but stifles an equally virtuous one on the other, that's when the problems begin. So if you're going to do that, maybe you should just not do it at all. Okay, but maybe my, my only interjection is here is that the NBA can be a huge force and make a huge difference in our country. They unfortunately can't do that over there. So, you know, as far as splitting the atom here in terms of, you know, our country is number one. And the players that play in our league, 95, 97% of it, are American players, okay? So, uh, and, and as far as, you know, I, I know what you're, I mean, the whole thing, you can't do one for one thing. But I think you can because the NBA is, yes, a North American league uh, with teams in Canada, but it is primarily a United States uh, league. It's prob- uh, mostly made up of... United States players, it's our country. So I think in the forefront, and we yeah. can dance on this back and forth one way or the other, and I guess I hate to come back to this, the same thing with Carton, as far as this guy getting let go, 
the GM this one. Again, I couldn't care. These decisions are being made uh, in the, uh, the board of directors. It's money and it's image. And that's what this is all about. I'm just a man of the people. What can I tell you? No, you <laughs> I sp- look, it's, it's I speak for the I speak for the common man. But you're <laughs> you right. Speak for you know the what? Trees, you all <laughs> At the end of the day, you're right. Who gives a fuck? You know what? As long as the sports are on, as long as they're still playing basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever. I'm just kidding about that last statement. It is important. But we're not gonna we're not gonna solve any of these huge issues tonight. No. Okay, so there you no. have it, folks. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. We can't agree to, you know, keep the robe closed when you're on Zoom. But everything else, that's above yes. our pay grade. Absolutely. Way above our pay yes. grade. Absolutely. So, look, buddy, uh, this is what I would like to do uh, with um, the, the, the clock rolling here. Um, I would really love to dive into some Doc Emmerich stuff first before we swing and bring, we'll, we'll bring the football back on the other side. Is that cool with you? Hey, man, uh, it's fine with me. Rob I love it. Approves. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. Speaking of sports biz and and and, and some good stories, Rob yep. bringing up all the negative stuff, man. Well, that's what, what I'm, the... I'm. I'm Norman negative. <laughs> what is going on, man? <laughs> look at you! Look at you with the sound effects. This is great. I don't want to overdo it because then it'll be just cheeseball city. But anyway, every once in a while we'll have a little fun. We're like um, a morning zoo. So out of nowhere. Uh, Doc Emmerich, uh, a famous uh, broadcaster, number one guy in the uh, NHL and NBC, and uh, a guy that I, I used to loathe because he was the devil's commentator, but I always had respect right. for him. But uh, he's uh, retiring. He's uh, retiring so from good. broadcasting. He's still going to do some, uh, some, maybe some blogging, some, you know, some writing and stuff down the road. But anyway... Uh, the guy's coming off the mic, uh, stepping away from the rink, and it's, um, you know, me, Rob, me and you being the same age here and, and growing up with guys, and, and a lot of these guys who do retire now, whether it's Vin Scully, whether it's Doc Emmerich, there's a handful of guys, obviously, that, you know, we've either lost, unfortunately, um, gone to heaven, or we've had guys that are stepping away from it. It's something that I don't think we're used to yet. I'm not used to. Um, you might hear, like, I, I might have heard this time around with Doc that maybe, you know, it might be time, but right. still never thought he would, uh, you just, you know, I guess the thing is it's closure. He's walking away from the game. We're not going to hear him. Um, but I think we were kind of being set up for this because Doc wasn't really doing a full-time schedule like he was years ago. And uh, that's the reason he went to NHL on NBC. He went to NBC uh, because he wanted to cut down on the traveling and he wanted to kind of, you know, trim his schedule down because he was getting older and everything else. So, uh, but God bless him. Uh, phenomenal, yep. incredible memories, incredible calls. And uh, we're going to miss him. And I uh, just wish him and his wife all the best. And, and just thanks for the memories, Doc. He was awesome. I'll tell you, when I was a kid, and, and you were too, um, football, like you knew if you heard Pat Summerall and John Madden, that yep. was a big game. Yep. If you turn on hockey and you hear Doc Emmerich, uh, you know it's a big game. And he was not only was he so good and had such a, a wide vocabulary, but he, he knew when to, to back off. You know, he knew when to let the play speak for itself. He didn't intrude upon big moments. And as somebody pointed out, and I never thought about this before, when he would do the Stanley Cup final handshake line and he would weave in stories about um, the players and this player and that player and how they 
you know, grew up together or played junior hockey together or played on the same team. And now they're average. just these little nuggets. It wasn't just guys shaking hands at the end of the game. It was that, which is a great moment in sports and his sort of commentary understated and just enough. He, again, he knew when to lay off and he knew when to inject himself. And I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of Joe Tessitores out there. A lot of Steve Levy's, a lot of guys who don't know when to put take their foot off the gas um, and lay out for you know big plays. So it, it, he will be missed, and it, you no longer have that signal that hey, this is a big game because Doc Emmerich is calling it. You don't know who's playing, but you know if he's calling it, it's got to be a game of consequence and of substance. Yeah, man, he's just a, an, 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 an iconic voice and uh, an iconic style. Most of the guys that stand out for me in broadcasting, it's their delivery. It's the sound of their voice. It's their anecdotes. Uh, you know, the guys, uh, I can't remember their names right now, but like, you know, the radio broadcasters, you know, the guys who do the Sabres up there, he's phenomenal. The guy who does, who does Pittsburgh, he's amazing. Um, uh, Dave down and I can't remember his last name too, terrible right now because, you know, hockey has left my head here for the last couple of weeks. But uh, down in Tampa too, I mean, um, so – you know, Doc was just, um, you know, there was a uh, there was a great parody Twitter account. I don't know if it's still around, but I used to have some buds. You know, there were certain commentators that you would, you know, oh, it's a how, it's a, you know, it was Doc. You had all these deliver things, delivery things that he had, and, and he was just a constant professional, especially with the game of hockey in terms of how he knew how to uh, do the game. It's a great story, where he started from, and off the uh, mic, he's just a class act. I had the privilege of interviewing Doc uh, a few years back when he won the Vince Scully Award. And, you know, here he is talking to me, this just this, you know, big hockey fan, you know, kids starting a, a podcast here. We were on Yahoo Sports Radio and me and you were on it together. And, uh, you know, he gave me 20, 30 minutes. And, you know, Doc wasn't, wow. an, easy, he wasn't an easy guy to get. It's, it's up on... Uh, uh, Go Hockey Media. That's one of my other companies here. You can check that out. But um, it's all I posted it up on my Twitter account there too the other day, a day or two ago. So, um, but he was great, man. He was just a super guy to talk to. And I know that's how he was with everybody he's met. You can see all the accolades, all the tributes he's getting online from the players, uh, people in the industry, and um, he's just uh, he's just super. And uh, that's it, man. He's just going to be missed, man. And uh, just a phenomenal guy and mm-hmm. a phenomenal professional. And again, like I'll say, and we've said with uh, the passing of uh, Eddie Van Halen and stuff. Not and, dead. Not dead. No, I know Doc he's not. But I'm, still alive. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is how lucky we were. Yeah. You know? We were. And we are. We we are witnessing some greatness in our, our lifetime. Uh, we have some memorable clips. Yes? No? Yes. Maybe so? Okay. Let's do your, your filthy caps first. All right. So here's here's Doc's call of when the Caps got to lift the cup for the first time in their history. I think. Oh, it's a great line. And of course, it's not working again. Hold on one second, ladies and gentlemen. And I did everything right this time, folks. You did, I sent him early. It's, it's not your fault. I told him when to play it. No, we got it. Hold on. I think it's just a volume issue on my part. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Hold on. In the meantime, I will tell you all that I called up. Here we go, Rob.
The Washington Capitals, for the first time in their 44-year history, are the Stanley Cup champions. I'm getting, I'm getting the goosebumps. Good clear on that. Now that we and you see back when there he, were people in the rings, <laughs> right? He says, and listen, that, that's what I'm talking about. He says that great line: "The capital of the country is the capital of the hockey world." There, and then he just lays off, and you hear the crowd, and you hear, you see, which you can't see on radio, uh, the exuberance on the players' faces. Um, believe it or not, and I know we have a, a, a Rangers clip with Doc Emmerich, but a thousand years ago, Doc Emmerich did. Uh, no, we don't have that one. Not the Rangers, no. Oh, okay. But a thousand years ago, he did football. That's the one. So I got. We, we we do have a clip of the great Doc Emmerich doing football games, which he did frequently back in the early '90s. So if you think he's only good with hockey, wait till you hear him doing a football game with Matt Millen. Yeah, and this is a trip. I'm looking forward to this. And and it's funny yeah. though, but you know, guys like um, you know Kenny Albert and Sam Rosen here in New York, they do a bunch of NFL during the season too. So back yeah. then, it was really kind of. Uh, something that really didn't happen, but now right. most of these guys are doing the double jobs, you know. But uh, let's yep. take a listen to this. Uh, Rob, set this up. This is Packers and, and the this Bucks. Packers Bucks, nineteen ninety two, and I think you get to hear the great CB- NFL on CBS theme a little bit in there. And this is the beginning of the game. It's Millen and uh, Emmerich introducing, and he was Mike Emmerich then, uh, introducing <laughs> the game and and a little bit about the weather, I believe, and just kind of you just get a little taste of. What was who would soon become a legend in the broadcasting business? Here we go. Ah, there it is. Progress. Ten to fifteen thousand more fans today than last week when the Buccaneers opened with a win. Game two for two new coaches, new enthusiasm, new fire on the floor of Tampa Stadium. Green Bay, Tampa Bay. After this, from your local station. Oh, that music. <laughs> the good old days, buddy. Yep. Before Fox. A week ago, the hottest day ever for Buccaneers football at Tampa Stadium. 95 and 110 down on the field. We might eclipse that today. It's an old clip, as you can right hear the buzz yes. in the back. Yep. Breeze as the Buccaneers face the Packers. Good afternoon, everyone. Along with Matt Millen, I'm Mike Emmerich. Vinny Testaverde has fought off the... Vinny! Vinny! It is old. Big bag of tricks. But what does he do about the heat? Well, when you talk about Sam White, you talk about innovation. Matt Millen. Always like Matt. First of all, he'll have the no huddle, and that's to wear down the defense. Love those old unis, too, man. Yep. The old white unis with the L buck on on the helmet, man. It was good stuff. This was was before Fox took the NFC. It used to be AFC on, on NBC. And you had the NFC on CBS back in the good old days. So uh, a lot of history there. Plus, like, Sam Weich is coach. I mean, it's a lot Sam, of history there. But, yeah. again, it, it shows what a Swiss Army knife the great broadcasters are. You know, guys like Vern Lundquist who call golf and tennis and football and basketball. I mean, it's it's an art. And to be able to – and we'll not spend forever on this – but to be able to call hockey with all the line changes and – the names that can be difficult to pronounce and how the, the how fast the game moves to be able to do that for as well as he did for as long as he did. That's, that's remarkable. You know, yeah, it's, it's just what, there's nothing else I can say about the man. 
Yeah, no, it, it's great. And I think we're, as hockey fans, we're lucky. Um, I mean, you guys got Joe down in, in D.C. He's the uh, best. Oh, man, he's, and he's super. He's from Long Island, New York, too, and I've, I've been able to interview him. All the greats the really are. <laughs> well, Mark Moser up in Colorado. If you haven't heard him, he's one of the best. And Dave Mishkin is uh, who I was thinking about down in Tampa uh, as far as energy and stuff. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, that's hockey for me in terms of the most of the guys who call the games. But anyway, uh, congratulations to Doc on a, just an absolutely incredible career. So yep. many memories. So Marvel, many great calls. I mean, I, I, I was going to have it lined up, but I didn't have time. But obviously the great uh, – Call the Rangers uh, knocking out your Capitals there a few years back. Uh, Stepan in overtime too, and and Doc rarely would do that. You know where he would lose his voice, right. he would kind of go up and, and peak. But it was one of those things. It's a, a an overtime goal that kind of came out of nowhere off the uh, you know the left right circle there, and then uh, you know he puts it away. But you know, just great memories, man. Doc's the man. Yep. Look, if you're going to be knocked out by a team, I, I would. I, I, I can't think of a better person to narrate my own demise than Doc Emmerich. <laughs> I don't know if that really helps, really. <laughs> no, Never it doesn't. But that's, but that's how I that's how I soothe my my ego and my nerves when I think about that series. I know there's a so guy at least down. We got Doc calling it. Yeah, I mean, I heard there's a guy down in Dallas who shot his TV the other day. <laughs> oy, oy uh, talk about an overreaction, oh, or just a, just a reaction. Yeah. All right, well, there we go. Some uh, little nod. I wanted to get that in before uh, we wind things down here. we got another 15, uh, almost 20 minutes to go here at the Sports Honchos. want to thank everybody who has been downloading the show and listening to us and uh, supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. Yes. Me and Robert just getting started here. And, and let me started. remind everyone, since we're talking about downloading and thanking you, um, Sports Honcho, at Sports Honchos on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos on Instagram, and, of course, dub, 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 sportshonchos.com. Basically, if you're on the internet, you can't go five inches without running into some sports honchos signage. The so internet. Keep track of us. Like the internets. Open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, I understand. Yes. It's true. <laughs> they never close. It's like seven. All right, hours. Rob, it's time to dive in to the world of the pigskin. Yes. The gridiron. This is this sound effect stuff is great. Of war <laughs> in cities around wow. the United States of America. Oh, you're giving me chills. We're gonna start with college football first, and All then right. we'll talk about those New York Football Giants trouncing the Washington Football Club, um, which has a soft spot, a good big place in Robert Kuhn's heart. Yikes! But anyway, let me bring um, down the drama and let's talk some. Football, baby. I will tell you that if we're going to talk about what's happening in college, once again, we find ourselves off the field. Uh, well, first of all, this weekend, uh, and I'm wearing my Maryland football. No one can see it. I'm wearing my Maryland football jersey to celebrate the fact. Home, yes. Rob is wearing. <laughs> and pants. I'm not going to pull a tube in. Um, the SEC. Um, the, I'm sorry. The SEC. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 come back this weekend. So college football is back and better than ever. Also, let me take this opportunity while we were talking about Doc Emmerich. Uh, I confused the owner of the Houston Rockets with an egg dish, the frittata. His name is Fertitta, not frittata. So I, we just like to get our facts Thank and our egg God dishes straight here, Who would have got sued? here on the honchos. Anyway, the, the big news, of course, um, besides another 
just pathetic. Since trumpeting the praises of one Mike Leach of Mississippi State, I believe they've scored about 30 points in three games. So you sure can't pick them, buddy. I sure did put the mush, the Bronx tail mush, on old Mike Leach in Mississippi State. Uh, Nick Saban and Alabama are still killing it. Clemson, I believe, is still scoring points. Um, we'll talk more about what's on the field when, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 players come in. But to me, it's all about the COVID again. It's all about the COVID and what's happening in the SEC and people who used to play for the SEC. Um, Nick Saban, well, first of all, let's start with Dan Mullen, the coach of Florida. I talked last week about how karma bit him right in the tuchus when yes. after saying they should pack the swamp, the home field of Florida, with 90,000 sweaty, screaming, drunken college students, um, that there was an outbreak on Florida and football games and football activities were postponed. Instead, uh, is still the case today. And then right after that, just karma swung the car back around for one more shot at old Dan Mullen. He tested positive last week for COVID-19. Uh, but that's not the biggest coach, SEC coach with COVID story. Last week, Nick Saban, as you recall, and the athletic director, Greg Byrne of Alabama, got the COVID. Bama. The COVID. Now, here's what's so incredible got about COVID that. COVID in Bama. It, he must have had, and I'm not trying to be political, folks, but he must have had, Saban must have had the same medical team that President Trump did because a couple days later, there he was back on the sidelines uh, coaching Breathing his team. On everyone. And, and, and I watched that game. He looked not well. I mean, he rarely looks well when he's coaching anyway, when he gets really into the, the heart of the game. But he looked like he was going to pass out any moment. So whatever voodoo they had to perform to get him back on the sideline worked. But I, I couldn't help but think to myself, we are getting close to the point with the NFL, but certainly with college, where the wiggle room to reschedule games and postpone games and take teams that are big revenue producers and move them around the chessboard uh, because of COVID, that time is running out. And so not coincidentally, these outbreaks, I mean, it's one thing if some eighth string offensive lineman gets COVID and you can tuck him away uh, under quarantine, but the head coach, um, your star player, they get it. There's no quarantine. There's no postponing of activities. And I think we're going to see, as we, we're losing wiggle room, that the games are going to start getting played. And I'm not sure how much, I've used this before, transparency we're going to see. I mean, look, same thing in the NFL. We had outbreaks last week at the, at the Colts facility, at the Jaguars facility, the Falcons facility. You got the dreaded false positive excuse from the Colts. You have Odell Beckham Jr. for the Browns who had COVID-like, a mysterious illness that smelled like COVID but wasn't, still playing, no games postponed. It's worrisome to me. And again, the theme of tonight's show is it's all about the money. Straight cash, homie, as philosopher, the great philosopher Randy Moss once said. But as we get closer to you know the drop-dead dates, you got to play these games or they're lost forever. Because right now the season, the college football season runs – to a week before the playoffs. There's the, that one, that wiggle room is that last week between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. Any more games that have to be postponed, they're going to wave bye-bye to. Now, uh, a Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game, a Maryland-Rutgers game, when barely anybody outside of the states in which they play care, 
they can say goodbye to those. But Alabama, Georgia, two teams that never play each other in the regular season because they're in different sides of the conference, only meet up in the SEC championship if they're going to play and the college football playoffs. A rare in-season game. Your head coach, again, looked like he had died from COVID, <laughs> let alone survive. I'm looking at him on the sideline. I thought my heart went out to him. I thought he's going to drop dead any second now. And they're still playing the game. And who knows how many positive tests they had besides the coach. He didn't, he didn't coach from a distance. He didn't quarantine himself. Wednesday, COVID. Wednesday or Thursday, Saturday, he's right there on the sideline uh, claiming there were some false positives or negative tests that he got subsequent to his positive test. Again, I'm not a doctor, but it looked to me like he had something more than just the sniffles on the sideline. So I, I'm, I'm concerned and concerned. I'm skeptical that they're really putting, they're really restraining this, the, these COVID outbreaks and that they're really reporting on these as honestly as they should be. And if you're going to pack the stands full of people who will then take whatever they catch and pass it on to their friends and family and loved ones and so on, you got to be honest. And again, I know it's all about the money and a game like Alabama, Georgia, they're not going to take that off the schedule. No, not when you had the number two team in the country and the number three team in the country. And it was a great game. BT dubs, at least in the first half, was back and forth. And Alabama said, OK, we're done now. We're done playing with you. We're going to put our foot on the gas and just go to town on you. Um, that's really the story of the weekend from college football, other than what happened with LSU's own OBJ. But I'll. I'll take a break and let you respond so you can tell me what a schmuck I am for, again, questioning the almighty dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. It's, it's so obviously. I mean, the, obviously, there's no, I don't know, it's like the alcoholic who shouldn't have that one last drink, but let's, I can do two or three, I can do it, you know, and I won't cause any trouble. I mean, I'll push it. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but, you know, as far as college football or any sports league right now, that is working under the conditions of not having fan bases to bring in the revenue. Now, I don't know. I have no idea, except for the individual universities, where the take at the gate affects the entire league or beyond, you know, the networks, let's say, right? So they're trying to get the the networks. You know the networks want to get the, the games on. They want to get the games in. Because they want to get eyeballs and so they can get advertising dollars so they can make some money through this whole thing. So where that all kind of, all the back meetings and the decisions being made, and, and here's the thing too, Rob, the biggest problem with our country right now Yes. is... Don't leave me in suspense. <laughs> our country... I'm trying to put this in the I'm trying to put it in a smart way. Hmm. Our country has not taken the COVID situation or the pandemic uh, as a whole country. You have 50 different states. Yes, 50 different policies. Doing no, you... different ways. You then have in certain states, you have certain cities and districts doing it different ways. I mean, just look at the, the school districts. You you know this yourself. Yep. Every school district out here on Long Island has a different COVID policy plan as far Boy. as teaching the kids. 
every Wake single one out here. <laughs> so you've got coach down in Alabama there. He wants to coach. He wants to play. He can. I mean, down in Florida, they can do whatever the hell they want down in Florida. You know? You're not seeing everybody go to the games. But again, Texas, too. You got he had fans in the stands watching the, the championship series the other night, too. Yep. Spread out. Tampa, Gronk and Brady in front of the front of the crowd down in Tampa there on Sunday. You know? Yep. So this all just kind of swings back to guys like me and you scratching our heads, wondering why. Well, we all know why. Yeah. And and everybody's got a different plan, different policy. And as yep. far as the scheduling and how they're doing it. And then football is a manly sport. You can't not let your team down. You can't let your organization down. You can't tell people you're sick. You kind of hide it. I mean, you know, the NHL, even before COVID, has been phenomenal as far as, oh, he's got an upper body injury. He's got a lower body injury. We don't know the hell it is. And we're not going to tell you, you know. So it's just the spin on sports, man. And, yep. uh, you know, again, we sit back. And we all collectively as individuals, wherever we live in this country, and we are deciding, too, how we are going to take care of ourselves and our family within the, you know, uh, certain realms of the governor's uh, policies that have been issued, you know. Most yep. people down here in New York, I don't know, I live in a community that's really not complaining too much, and, you know, the Northeast and New York itself, you included with that, too. Um, everybody's done their job, and that's why our percentage numbers is down in 1%. But you go Midwest, you go down South. I mean, man, that Sturgis rally is sure as hell coming back to haunt the, the Dakotas up there. So, yep. anyway, I don't want to get into a long spinoff on this, but it's money, buddy. Yeah, it is. Sad to say. Uh, by the way, speaking of money, one nothing Tampa, bottom of the third. Woohoo! So much football. I mean, sorry. Excuse me. So much baseball left. So much sports, period. It's just, again, it's, it's gluttony. And we love it. All right, so that's is. You got anything else in the uh, college football? I mean, they're just they're yeah. Doing, I was they're I was doing gonna, it their way. No, it's. I mean, I was going to talk about OBJ getting LSU in trouble, but you know, let's we'll save that for the third hour of the show. Overtime, overtime on uh, uh, yes. YouTube, right? Our overtime edition sports talent shows on YouTube. Yes. So well, when that happens, we'll let you guys know. Exactly. That'll be on the uh, the subscriber only show. So come on, let's talk about this Giants game on <laughs> okay, Sunday, look. man. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, I just want to talk about. I can't reiterate this more than enough. The national mediocrity league. Yep. Just to see storylines. If the Giants win this game, or if the Redskins win this game, and you look at the NFC East in the standings, they're all one and five, you know, two and four. It's just this two and two and four. Two and four leads the NFC East, followed by one four and one Philly, the one and five New York football giants, and the one and five Washington Redskins. Harsh. Um, it's, it's so much, again, I, I, there's so much that could fill the hour from the NFL, but I, I really, I don't even know, I don't even know where to begin. So I guess well, I'll give begin. Me, give me, give me the. Give me the thing that really is sticking in your side right now. Right. And I'm sure well, that's your Washington football. I, I, I got this story right here. Again, I we we're not going to have time for this week, but next week, kids, I got to talk about two point conversions, analytics. We don't have time for that today. We do have time for this though. 
For those of you who've been just, home, uh, Rob is holding uh, his paperwork uh, up in front of his mic. I, I got this story and he looks here. Exasperated. Uh, it is exasperating. Quote here's the headline from ESPN.com from yesterday. Quote Pretty good chance Washington football team remains in 2021 yes. as team president. What the fuck are you talking about? Just said the F word. You mean you, this, you assholes can't, can't come up with a goddamn name? They're you deep think in that lawsuits. Washington football team. They're deep in sexual harassment look, lawsuits. They don't have the time. I am not going to make a stand on the whole name change issue. That ship has sailed and we've all sunk. But I will tell you this. It's very easy for people around the country to say, it's just a name. What do you care? Well, live in this area. When this area, the sports in this area for many, many years was just the Redskins. We had no baseball. The basketball team was pretty good in the 70s and then disappeared in the 80s. And the hockey team, until Langway came along and Brian Murray rebuilt the team, and they started having some success and made the playoffs consistently in the mid to late 80s. There was nothing, nothing but Redskins and nothing but championships, I might add. So it's more than just a name. It's a lifestyle. It's it's a way of life. It's It has great meaning. It has great import. I hear the music again to, <laughs> when I start to get schmaltzy. Okay, but I'm not going to get schmaltzy because what little Danny Snyder has done to this team in 20 years, he has taken something we all have loved – And he has ruined it. A guy who proclaimed his fandom when he bought the team with this Fakakta Redskins belt buckle that he proudly wore. The one he got as a kid that he proudly wears because he can still wear the clothes that he had when he was a kid. Ouch, zing, cheap shot, short joke. I'm sorry. Anyway, he decides in a total panic move, we're going to change the name of the Redskins to something, to a big question mark. Which again, uh, there's that, that's all water under the bridge. But what he should have said is, look, I don't want to rush into anything. I don't want to give us a dopey name like the Washington Monuments with our red, white, and blue uniforms and change the logo and change the marketing and change the branding. So for the next year, this is our last year as Washington Redskins. Buy the gear, soak it up, love it, embrace it. It's never coming back. 2021, we're going to be the Washington fill in the blanks. <laughs> Instead, he said, uh, that's it. Redskins is done. Hey, Dan, what's the new name going to be? Uh, Washington football team? I'm Ron Burgundy? You know, it's, it's like that those generic paper towels or beer. It just says paper towels on the label. It's football team with their Visa-inspired W logo. Okay, we can stomach that. We, we hold our nose and walk through the season with this terrible name, no logo, no branding, with the faint hope that when 2021 comes, we'll have something we can really cling to. And what does he give us? Hey, everybody, what if we had the Washington football team again next year? So like that it. way, all the sports sites can say, Giants 20, the football team, 19. <laughs> That's not a nickname. Hey, it ain't it's, that bad. We're known as the, the New York football Giants. It's but okay. But you have a nickname. We have a blank we have an, an empty space where our hearts well, used know, to be. Who named the team, team how many years ago? It wasn't okay. right. It wasn't proper. I'm not 
this is not an argument about keeping the name. I'm saying what Snyder should have said is, look, it's time we're going to change the name. But we can't just do it all overnight. We need time to come up with a new name, new color scheme, new logo, blah, blah, blah. Get the marketing geniuses out there. But just to say that's it, we're crumpling up. The guys from the Rams. Here's my own sound effect. Taking the name and we're crumpling it up and we're getting rid of it. And you know what we're going to call ourselves? Nothing. It's a show about nothing. It's a team about nothing. Like it. The Washington football team. And I promise you the new name will be super duper unless we don't actually have one. And then we'll just be the Washington football team again. They're killing me. I like it. Killing me. I like it. Nothing more than Washington, D.C. and Maryland sports fan suffering. I I need an aspirin now. (laughs) Anyway, nothing else happened in the NBA or the NBA. The NFL that even remotely touches that. It's every day. Every day I wake up and like, please, God, my fingers are crossed. Don't have another meteor shower of bad Redskins news landing on my roof. Because I can't take it anymore. And you know what? Uh, those prayers largely go unanswered. So I feel for anyway, you. I feel for how, you. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Hey, look, buddy, we're going to have to continue to push your uh, Conchata Pharrell and your uh, the, the other thing that we wanted to do. We're going to have to push that back. Or we're going to have to add another hour, another day during the week. Yeah, because I know. Because your, your, your Washington football club is, is continually taking up too much time in this program. Well, the good and news is uh, next week, this, after this week, they have a, they have their bye week. So uh, yes, it'll be a short God. show. Small. Thank God is right. All right, so we're going to transition to the dope <laughs> of the week, baby. Now, before you before you start, are you ready? You, you got I'm your ready. thing? You ready? I'm ready. I'm Ladies ready. and gentlemen. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen. The wonderful people at Go Sports Media Company have put this next piece together, custom-made, for our good friend, Mr. Rob Cuny. I know they didn't do it on those other networks he was on. No. No, no. But but we here have. So, ladies and gentlemen, the brand-new introduction and background music as Rob talks about the dope of the week. Hold on to your seats, folks. Here we go. And Rob is hearing this for the first time. Hold on to your tubins. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Go, Joe. Go, Wow, that was was fantastic. I have chills. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is indeed time for the dope of the week. Don't forget, folks, as the music plays behind me, tweet out your suggestions for dope of the week. Uh, use the hashtag D-O-T-W at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos. You know the drill. So this week, who will be hoisting, it's a great word, the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup and skating around the ice to a Doc Emmerich call this week? It's none other than Gary Kloppenberg. And you're like, Gary Kloppenberg, does he run the hardware store down the street? Is he the rabbi at my local synagogue? Why, no. No, he is not. He is the... The coach of the WNBA champion, Seattle Storm. And why is he the dope of the week, you may be asking. Why is he well, the dope of the week, Rob? Apparently there was some debate in Seattle sports radio about who the greatest athlete, I'm sorry, saying that, um, let me see if I have my facts here. 
that uh, our good friend Russell Wilson, who's having an MVP season in the NFL, yes, is, is Seattle's greatest athlete of all time. And Gary Kloppenberg said, oh, yeah, I'm quoting now. I don't know what's going on up there with those columnists talking about the Seattle columnists. They all need to take notice. I think to think of what she's done through a couple of decades, it's really unprecedented. And he's talking about Sue Bird, who's one of the NBA Mount Rushmore greats of all time, Olympic gold medalist, four-time or three-time NBA champion, all the accolades, saying that Sue Bird was the greatest Seattle athlete of all time. What she's done is, quote, unprecedented. You see, it's the unprecedented part. So forget Russell Wilson. Has Gary Kloppenberg, Coach Klopp, ever heard of, hmm, I don't know, Ichiro Suzuki? A Ken Griffey Jr., a, a, a mortal lock, uh, almost unanimous Hall of Famer. What about Dave Craig? Okay, I'm just kidding about that last one. But Seattle has had its fair share of superstar, Hall of Fame, all-time, all-world athletes. Steve Largent. Okay. Russell Wilson, yes. Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro Suzuki, Randy Johnson. All those guys from the 90s Mariners. A-Rod. Not Jay Buhner. Sorry, and soon, the Seattle Kraken, baby. And soon, right, the Kraken with their Seagram 7 and 7 logo. Yes. So to say that, and I understand, you know, caping up for your player. But come on. Gary, what about Gary Payton? I mean, to say that your, your player is what she's done is unprecedented when you're from a city that's had some of the greats in all of the sports of all time. All time. And who've also won some championships, BT dubs. So it's not she what she's done is not unprecedented. She's a great player, great basketball player, men's or women's, but you can't come out and say that Sue Bird is the greatest of all time and that what she's done is unprecedented. So, Coach Klopp, Rabbi Kloppenberg, you, congratulations. You are this week's Sports Hot Shows. Dope of the Week certificate will be mailed to your home in Seattle. Congratulations. Congratulations, Coach Klopp. Woohoo! Don't get better than that, baby. Nope. It sure doesn't. Woohoo! All right, buddy. There you have it. You know, it's uh I don't know, man. It's 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 a cool honor, I think, of sports shows to be We should dope uh of the week. Especially we should... now with the new the theme music and the intro, yes. I think. You know? We should uh, we should keep track. We should. Would be, someone should be the official historian and we will. of the and we Sports will. Show, show. We will, my friend. I will. I can't even speak at the end here. No, we're so excited. So moved. So emotional. It, it's uh, it's just all good in the yep. hood. But um, we have to say goodbye to everybody, unfortunately. We do. It's, Another jam-packed it's... show comes to an end. Yes. And it's uh, always been... Uh, my dream to keep, um, you know, doing this with you, my friend, uh, since we started this thing. Yep. One pilot show, and now our fourth official show is in the book. That's right. Four, baby. All right. One for the thumb next week. Our big yeah, fifth baby. show. Loving it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hope you had a good time. I had a good time. And I until had a good next time, time <laughs> stay healthy. Jeffrey Tubin had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Thanks for listening to Sports Honchos, ladies and gentlemen. Please tell a friend and so on and so on. And with that, Mr. Cooney, say good evening to the folks. Good evening, everybody. See you later. And as always, peace.
Woo!